I don't think I have ADHD. Uh, At least I don't think so. But I'm telling you, the the uh, there's a lot happening right now, and my my attention span is everywhere. Uh-huh. Um, Cody's happening right now. They're down to the final two. Discussing twerk and big K that is happening as we speak. I want. I told to be you once. Oh, I mean, yeah, we're live. <laughs> I won't say it. I'm glad. I'm glad I didn't say it out loud. I thought you were just like casually talking to me. I didn't know you. You know, no, we already. No, we already I will. Live. I will. I will edit that out on the re-air. This part no, will not make the... Only, my mama know. No, I didn't say it. The, the, the three people that are in here. No, But yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like I said, I, I want to be respectful to, to Jay Black. I would love to stream this final conversation and see how they, uh, how they do it. Looking at the chat, I think that they might have declared their winner. I got it going on another screen. I got Carolina and Syracuse. I'm hoping that if I have that on the background to my left, then they'll actually win the game. Uh, Stream shout it. Out to the building. Stream it. Let's see. It looks like I, I don't know if that's considered disrespectful or not. Like I said, we got like 10. Oh, come on. Some of the basketball he shot a 30-footer and banked it. He <laughs> lost the ball. He threw oh, up a 30-footer yeah, and I'm banked it. What a, bo- what a load of – oh, man, bollocks. Absolute bollocks. Anyway, um, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. No matter where you may find yourself as you're listening to this, and welcome to the show that has been trying to tell you for two years that the Kansas City Chiefs are a dynasty. You'll listen to another episode of It's a Black and White Thing featuring A1 and A Ward. Um, uh, okay, I'm probably going to have to turn this off. I don't think I can do this. Yeah, I can't do this. I can't. I got to turn the game off. I got to put it because I'm just going to end up watching it. Yeah. Anyway. Me too. Um, yeah, champion, like I said, champion of the year is happening right now. They're down to the final two, Big K and A-Ward. They, I'm sorry, Big K and Twerk. Yes. Uh, they're trying to get They're trying to get this get this done. Uh, right now, Big K has got 45% of the vote. Twerk has 15%. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl tonight. Please remember, you can check out every episode of It's a Black and White Theme by going to the podcast app of a choice, searching for Brains and Bars, um, or It's a Black and White Theme. Excuse me. Um, it's a Black and White Theme. Rate, review, subscribe. You can check us out. We're live now on YouTube, the same channel that the Champion show is airing on. Listen, if you're watching Champion, please join us afterwards. We might have a little bit of reaction to that once it's done. Um, you can check us out on social media by, search, by searching Brains and Bars on you, not YouTube, excuse me. On Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, um, we are live on our Facebook page, live on my profile, live on Twitter right now as we speak. Um, and I got my guy A Ward in the building. How you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm feeling really good. Um, the weather is still good, and then there is um, man, it's weird. Kansas City. I don't know what it is. I it's I guess it's like a yearly thing. Um, the Wednesday after the Super Bowl, they throw a big parade in Kansas City. Um, and tomorrow, you know, it's, it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be a good time. So I'm excited for that. Um, you know, I just found out where I, um, was positioned on champion of the year this year, which was, um, interesting. So, uh, so that was fun. Um, but I've had a good day. I've had a good day. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yes, a parade inside my city. Yeah. Um, Shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs. This is what we're here to talk about. They have 
won their third Super Bowl in five years. Um, Patrick Mahomes acquired his third Super Bowl MVP in, in said suit and said games. Overtime, I don't want to say thriller. Um, I, some people try to say it was a great game. Some people try to say it was a classic. I think it was simply a good game um, that had a that turned up in the latter, latter stages for a really good finish. Um, 25-22 over the San Francisco 49ers, beating them in the Super Bowl for the second time in four years and denying them. Um, I, I guess I will, I will start here to get your thoughts on the game and what uh, – and what you, uh, your assessment of what you saw? <clears throat> um, to be honest with you, I kind of saw a tale of two halves when it came to like the trenches. Like I felt like in the first half, um, that the 49ers were controlling the offensive and defensive line. Um, you know, I don't know if it was conditioned or what, but I think when, t- when you come to the second half, it kind of flipped on its head. I think, um, I think quarterbacks, you know, made a difference. I think Patrick Mahomes made the right reads and the right throws to get first downs. Um, and I think Brock Purdy um, missed on a couple opportunities. Um, but this was a game that uh, was one play away from going the other way multiple times. Um, and that's, that's what's frustrating because um, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a Bills Chiefs classic, you know, it wasn't um, um, a bad battle or bad battle. It wasn't a bad um, um, football game. Um, I think it was a game definitely than the, the, the Ravens and uh, Chiefs and a, and a better game than the uh, the Niners and the Lions, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't remember the last time. Actually, I might. Last time a Super Bowl went to overtime was – it was recent. Uh, right? A couple of years ago. It was um, – uh, no, uh, the Patriots and the Falcons. That went to Super Bowl. That was and that was uh they went to overtime. Yeah, yeah. remember the they came back twenty eight to three. We're gonna talk about that in just a second. Yep. Yeah, but twenty eight to three, they came back, won that game. Um, I would like to say our last um our last podcast when we talked about X factors, I had you know I, my X factor was indeed the X factor. I felt like for um, and I don't even know if he was the X factor. Honestly, I think he was the factor. <laughs> like I think that you know. Um, he's the one player, um, Christian McCaffrey down a stretch ended up picking up a lot of total yards, but I can't remember a play, uh, where Christian McCaffrey really kind of like said, I'm here. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think he was just kind of, oh, he's getting good yards. He's getting good yards. You know what I mean? Um, but I felt like as far as skill position players that both Jawan Jennings, I guess Christian McCaffrey's catch and run on the touchdown, but you know, both of those Jawan Jennings plays were like, Hey. You know, I came to play. Let's go win this thing, you know. Um, but, yeah, uh, <clears throat> Brock Purdy did. You're, you're right, Carlos. Um, he, he missed he missed the plays because of pressure. We've been talking about this all year. Um, we've been talking about the, the plays that are not stat plays that Chris Jones, you know, when, when, when Josh Allen misses the throw, um, you know, just the, the pressures of, of just having to guard or, or trying to block Chris Jones and his value to um, – to the Kansas City Chiefs, um, and so yeah, I think I think what you saw was you saw the playmakers for the Chiefs made plays um, with the quarterback and the defensive line and the coaching, and yeah, we go we go we're going to come back to this. I didn't want. Oh oh yeah yeah, I'm out for I'm out. I'm inactive now. 
I'm inactive. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it, it's one play away, man. It's one play away from the 49ers running out the clock and, and ending it in the fourth quarter. Um, and that's just how that kind of football game goes. And like, like, like you said, man, when you're on the other side of it and you're like, you're not a fan and you're, when I'm watching like the, the, the Patriots and Falcons or, you know, some of Brady's earlier Super Bowls or whatever, and you're watching it just from a football standpoint, you're like, how do all of the breaks go their way? You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm not talking about bad calls or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, it seems like the that, that, that they're lucky or they're whatever, you know, the ball just bounces their way, you know? And if we're keeping it a buck, one of the biggest plays of the entire game was Dre Greenlaw's rupturing his Achilles tendon, try, just trying to run on the field, you know? Huge loss, massive loss, you know, um, for, for the rest of the game. And so it's just kind of like, how? How does this happen, you know? Um, but yeah, uh, I, I thought it was a fun Super Bowl to watch. I know, um, you know, um, a lot of people, um, that hate the chiefs or dislike the chiefs. I'm glad that it, there really wasn't a, a flag or a, or some kind of like very, you know, um, situation that was like, we would have won if, you know, um, because honestly, if there was going to be, it, it possibly could have been the hold on on uh on Juwan Jennings on third down on the drive in overtime that could have been, you know, an if, you know, if they go down there and score a touchdown. But yeah. Um I enjoyed the game. I liked it. I celebrated. I went and bought shirts right afterwards. <laughs> Shout out to David, David Strother in the building. He said he was at the at the game. Hey, take me with you next year. I don't care if the Niners are playing or not. Facts. Take me with you next year. Anyway. David was also <laughs> at the A-Ward Gwitty battle. So, David, which one was better, the A-Ward Gwitty battle in Kansas City Hilarious. or the Super Bowl? Which one do you have more fun at? But he said the one thing media isn't talking about was how hostile it was in the stadium. It had to be 80-20 Niners to Chiefs. Um, he won in that Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, you could hear it. You could, you could hear it. Um, you know, it, it, it – so overcoming a, what was supposed to be a neutral site game but actually – um was more i mean you could just the from the the talk of the town during the week you could hear was a lot of niners fans niners fans in the in vegas everything yeah for sure for sure so yeah good kudos to the team for overcoming that um shout out to ed ed says do you think that lineman that the lineman was downfield on the mccaffrey touchdown i mean it doesn't really matter like they really they let them play right there were there were things All you could game. call yep, the, yep. On both sides, you know, I've already seen Niners fans. Uh, I've already seen Niners fans trying to say, "Oh, look at this hold here! Look at this missed call there!" We're not doing that, man. We're not doing that. Listen, matter of fact, hopefully this doesn't this doesn't blow anybody's speakers out when I play this. But listen, guys, told listen. me it was my turn. You can talk all that you want hey, to, hey, yell and scream. Okay, you're it is my you turn. You lost the game. Yeah, we thought you it was lost our time. The game. <laughs> <laughs> We 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 thought it was our time. We thought we thought we were going to get a win against Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. But uh, shout out to David. David said that one one costs a lot a lot more than the other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's a my take. My major takeaway from the game is it's literally a game of inches. It's a, it's it's to win. A championship on any level, you're going to need execution. You're going to need talent, but you're also going to need the luck. You're going to need breaks to fall your way. 
And the Chiefs in this game, you lose Dre Greenlaw, as you talked about. Shout out to Oren, Oren Burks. He did his thing. But if you go watch those highlights from late in the game and you see who's catching passes, and it is UC48. As a matter of fact, there's a play where Oren Burks and Logan Ryan are trying to get the communication right. They're clearly confused. The ball is snapped, and Oren Burks is looking around like a child who just realized his parents are not with him anymore. Right? Like the ball is snapped, and he's like, and I had to imagine this is his eyes. Like he's looking like what is going on right now. Um, And so losing Dre Greenlaw, seven fumbles in this game, six of them recovered by Kansas City. You could play that game 10 times and have seven fumbles happen, and they won't recover six of them again. Um, A punt falling from the sky, not bouncing off the ground and ricocheting off a player's leg. It hit his leg on the way down, right? And if there's one great lesson we can learn from the playoffs of 2023, 2024 season, if the ball is loose, guys, fall on it. Don't try to be a hero. We saw this in multiple games of fumbles being on the ground, people trying to scoop it up. In some instances, it didn't come back to haunt them, and this one it did. I'm not necessarily mad at Ray Ray McLeod. Ray Ray McLeod, he said, listen, I was trying I was to make a play. I very impressed that Ray Ray McLeod saw it. Like, I, I think he saw it hit the guy's foot. I think Yes, he, really he did. did. He did. He did. And that is I lost to have that vision and be able to know that that's what happened because – I personally would have just been like, all right, I'm just gonna let it. I'm just gonna let it bounce. But he saw it, you know. Now he should have. He definitely should have jumped on it, though. I, I, I had two outbursts during the game, like legit, like like legit, like losing my mind. That was the first one. When that happened, I went nuts, and I'm like, "What are you doing? Why would you touch? Why would you touch the ball? You know what could happen." Da 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 da. And they showed the replay, and I went, "Oh, my bad." You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like again, I want you to fall on the ball, but I'm yeah. not mad that you that you know that you tried you saw that and was able to try yeah. to make the play in the moment. Um, the Harrison Bucker 57 yard field goal it misses being blocked by inches. Mm-hmm. The Jake Moody field goal gets blocked, right? So I mean, all of these things. It's not one reason or one play why you win or lose a game, but I just listed out four or five things. Just boom, boom. Boom. If you take maybe one of those away, maybe we have a different result. Maybe we have a different outcome. Um, I got to – I know Kyle Shanahan has been a lot made of him. We'll, we'll, I won't get too much into that. I'm not mad at anything that he did in that game. Um, I don't think he did too much wrong. Uh, but, yeah, I think the only thing I would critique him on is him taking – Oh, wow, this game is over. Um, the only thing I'll critique him on is not running the ball after the interception, right? They went two series back-to-back, three straight passes, three straight in-and-outs. I mean, in-and-outs, sorry, three-and-outs. Um, and I might have had three three, three-and-outs back-to-back-to-back in that, in that series where they just couldn't get anything going in the second half. I would have liked to have seen Christian McCaffrey get some touches in those two back-to-back three-and-outs where they went six straight passes. Um, So, you know, I think that might be the one major thing. I have another thing we'll get into in a second. That would probably be the one major thing. People have tried to say, well, they didn't 
to use that particular instance to say, well, they didn't run the ball enough. And I'm like, well, Christian McCaffrey had 22 rushes. I don't know how many more times you want him to touch the ball in that game, but between rushing and receiving, he had 30 touches. So you can't say that he didn't try to get one of his best players the ball. He did. He had 160 total yards, right? I think it was 80, 80 receiving, 80 rushing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I, I, I don't – like I said, I don't have qualms. Like, I think you had two good teams who turned up in the second half. I think they scored – so it was 13 at halftime. It was 25-22 to end the game. So, what they scored 34 points yeah. after half, right? They turned up. Um, you know, and I don't – like I said, I don't have too many qualms in the game, man. Like I, like I said, this one – this loss for me as a fan of the Niners stinks more than the one in 2019 because I was not confident in my quarterback in 2019, right? If you can, I can go and pull up the quote from the show. I said, listen, I am confident in my defense. I'm confident in my coaches. I'm not confident in my quarterback. And for that reason, I'm picking Kansas City. I picked Kansas City this time because I thought that the defense was not going to play as well as it did. That first half for the first half and for much of the third quarter, right? Like they held them, they were stopping the Chiefs. They were at yeah. six points. Um, and that after that fumble, muff punt, however you want to sh- stress it, the game turned around and no one stopped anyone after that. There were scores yeah, I, on I every who, play. I, don't know. I mean, I don't know if it was like I said, a conditioning thing or not, but the defensive line just seemed to um kind of fall off after that after that halfway through the third quarter um and and you know it, it just it, it wasn't as intimidating as before like man the first the first the first half of the game when Pacheco got the ball I was happy to get three yards you know I'm like please please can we at least be a second and seven you know um but um <clears throat> I think the Chiefs opened up the playbook a little bit I think that um you know with some of their with their downfield passing and man I'm gonna be honest with you. Not only that, but I've been critical and we've been critical of of Matt Nagy this year. But I thought down the stretch in the fourth quarter in overtime, whoever was calling the plays called a great, great game for the Chiefs offensive. Like when it comes to the play calls, the fourth and one, the read option, the uh, some of the crossing routes, some of the screen passes that they threw in. Um, you know, the, the even the middle screen to Kelsey that I thought was going to be the touchdown to win it, which would have freaking blown the top off of the world if, if Kelsey catches that mug and runs into the end zone. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I definitely have been critical of Nagy in the in the past, and I, I think that definitely second half wise, he called a great, great game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, credit where credit is due. They made some changes. Um, Spagnolo turned it up. In the second half, defensively with the pressure, I think Brock Purdy was pressured on 50% of his dropbacks in the second half, which makes his performance to me even more impressive when you're facing that kind of pressure. Once the Chiefs take the lead for the first time, they go up 13-10. Brock Purdy, the rest of the game is 10 of 16. Um, I forget for how many passing yards, but he goes 10 of 16, one passing touchdown, two other drives that result in field goals. And again, he matched Mahomes score for score. The Chiefs get a touchdown, they answer with a touchdown to take the lead again. The Chiefs get a field goal, they answer with a field goal. The Chiefs answer with another field goal to tie to, to tie the game. He answers with another one himself, right? And so to to the last 
four possessions where the San Francisco Giants of San Francisco Giants, San Francisco 49ers stepped on the field. By the time they left, Brock Purdy had staked his defense with the lead. The last four times he touched the ball, he made something happen. Um, and as a Niner fan, I am pleasantly pleased with his performance in the Super Bowl. Um, I think certain people have <laughs> tried to frame it well. Well, since he didn't beat the three-time MVP, Super Bowl MVP, two-time MVP, undisputed best player in, in his of his generation, top ten, top five, maybe top three, depending on how you want to place it, quarterback of all time. Well, he's not him. He's not. He's not good anymore because he couldn't beat that guy. And I'm like, but it's a lot of people who can't beat that guy. So what? What are we doing here? And I. And to me, it really frustrates my soul that we have a culture that is so invested in winning, so invested in mythologizing winners, and so invested in kicking losers when they're down that we cannot even for one moment celebrate the story that is Brock Purdy. Like, the forget the irrelevant stuff, right? Second youngest player to ever start a Super Bowl. Only Dan Marino was younger. You're facing the defending champions with the, everything on the line. And you hear player after player talk about when you get in a Super Bowl, your adrenaline is pumping, your emotions are all over the place because you realize how massive and big of a moment this was. And again, we I said 21-10 would be the final score. When the Chiefs took the lead, I didn't think the Niners were scoring it. They had gone three and out over and over again. The offense was stagnant. And I was like, well, that's game. And what did he do? He came back out and said, oh, I got you. Touchdown. Oh, they came back and kick a field goal. Oh, I got you. We'll match him. And so I just, I, I, I want, I want to take for a second, stop for a second and appreciate the season that he had, the season that he's put together. I hope that he can continue that success and we'll see what he gets paid if he does. I don't think he should be making $50 million a year, but I don't think any quarterback except for Patrick Mahomes should be making $50 million a year. So we'll see what that looks like for him going forward. But, yeah, man. Do you like, think, I mean, do you think he should be making that, that second-tier money, though? Um, because I wonder I – mean, I mean, does he deserve it? Maybe, but I wondered, do we feel like Purdy needs – he needs he needs the the high paid wide receivers around him. He needs he needs the money in his his skill position players. I've said this before and I say it again. I don't know if if Brock, Brock Purdy does not possess elite athletic skills, right? So pressure in his face is always going to be a problem, especially because he's only six one and he's got Chris Jones freaking running at him at full speed, right? So I'm not going to kill anybody for not being able to to hit a player forty yards downfield. When you got that guy running in your face with his hands up, um, he's he's fast, but he's not the fastest guy. Like he can be tracked down, right? Especially if you ha- already have a couple of yards of built up speed chasing him. Um, if he puts up another season, let's just say they go to another NFC title game, but they lose, so no Super Bowl. He would have. I mean, there's not another quarterback in the league named Patrick Mahomes who's going to have that on his resume. Right. I'm not talking about deserve, you know what I mean? But I'm just saying, I, can he reach those those games without the money being put into the skill position players? I mean, look, he he came back in that game against, was it, Debo played in the game against the Lions, I think. I don't think he got hurt in that game. I think he got hurt in the Packers, the Packer game. Yeah. And he got hurt pretty early. 
and the, and the and the story was well he can't win a game if he doesn't have Debo, right? Yeah. The story coming out of this game is that George Kittle was hurt, and I don't know for how much of the game he was hurt before the game. Had a toe issue, right? I mean, leading into so he had a shoulder issue. So when he left the field in overtime and was gone for like eight plays, they went to the locker room to go check out his shoulder. He had that tore it off. So, oh yes. <laughs> so he lost the game there. I mean, he was lost for stretches of the game. Who knows how effective he was in that game? It was lost for so a, this, a play that was a big penalty too on the backup tight end. Huge absolutely, play. absolutely. <clears throat> so you know who knows what his availability was. Debo left the game for stretches with an injury, and who knows how that impacted his ability to perform down the stretch. You lose your starting right guard, right? So I mean, like again, we talk about all these being better to be lucky than good. Injury luck is a part of that, and they lost a lot in that game. I just think really both. they're just really soft because the Chiefs offensive lineman played three quarters with a torn UCL. You saw that re- report that came out a little while ago? Who's that? Uh, Allegretti. Yeah, in, in the second quarter, he fully tore the UCL in his elbow. Ooh. Yeah, and played the ah. whole rest of the game against Kinlaw and all those guys. With a fully torn UCL in his elbow. What a freaking beast. <clears throat> That's crazy. Comments from the peanut gallery who don't know yeah. ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah um yeah. anyway. Um, but yeah, like I think I think if he if he puts up another season like that, yeah, with or without the 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 uh top end talent, I think you gotta pay the guy. Because again, this didn't happen with Jimmy. It happened. Now he made two, not three in a row, right? He made two in like four years or something like that. He got injured. Well, what's crazy is I think I read a stat today. I don't know if you posted it or not. The last seven times that the Niners have been to the playoffs, they've they've either lost in the division or the the NFC Championship or the or the Super Bowl, right? The last it's been like because they they win a stretch Ooh. without going, but that actually is that might be true, bro. Um, because Alex Smith, they lost to the Giants the year they won the Super Bowl. Um, that was the NFC title game. Kyle yep. Williams fumbles the punt in overtime. Um, yep. You had the year Kaepernick goes to the Super Bowl. Yep. The next year they lose the NFC title game to the Seahawks. Um, ah, you have um, – I was trying to see if I can see. find out where I saw it at. You got Jimmy – Jimmy made it to the Super Bowl in 2019. They get hurt. They were seriously hurt next year. The next year, they lose to the Rams in the NFC title game. This is right. I'm running it down. Yeah. Then Brock Purdy, and then Brock Purdy. So that should be seven, I think. Yeah. So you got, I mean, you got two. When they make the playoffs, was, they're pretty much. <laughs> man, that's kind of crazy. I never thought of that before. That's pretty crazy. Huh. All right. That's pretty dope. Well, hopefully they can get back there back there next year, man. But that road is going to be a lot tougher. Who knows yeah, who I, they're going uh, to resign? I said a couple times this week. I'm like, man, this is what it felt like to be a Patriot fan back in the days, and be like, as long as 12 gets the ball, we're good. You know what I mean? Like we believe that. You know what I mean? But it just kind of finally clicks when you're just like, nah, 15 got the ball, he gets a chance. It's good. We're good. You know. And it's so funny, just the full circleness of, and it's gonna go for the whole game, but for the Chiefs, regardless, like all year long, the biggest thing has been the drops and the wide receivers. And listen, 
the three reception, though well, I guess there's four technically, but the three receivers that caught touchdown passes in your Super Bowl <laughs> were MVS, Miko Hardman, and Jawan Jennings. They were not Travis Kelsey. They were not Debo. <laughs> they were not Brandon Ayuk. They were not, you know, George Kittle. They were they were literally the reception, you know, Christian McCaffrey caught one, but it's from Jawan Jennings. Like the the touchdowns that were scored were the touchdowns where a defense says, your best guy is not going to beat me. I'm going to make you – somebody else is going to have to. And I think another one of the biggest things that, you know, I know last week we talked about the turnover battle and different things like that is them two dogs on the corners, bro. Them two dogs, McDuffie and Legereus Sneed. <laughs> they might be the MVPs. <laughs> they might really be the MVPs. <laughs> No, the MVP. If you if it wasn't Mahomes, it's Chris Jones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because all due respect, he altered to, the important plays. All due respect to to Snee in particular, but on two critical, crucial plays, it was beat. He gets smoked. Debo smoked him on the route. Chris Jones beats his man. He bears down on Purdy. Purdy can't set his feet fast enough to get the th- get an accurate throw out. Then the final play of overtime for the Niners on offense, third and four. Chris, they don't block. I mean, they don't block Chris Jones. <laughs> and he's got two options because Juwan Jennings, I didn't know this until I saw the, the view from the back, the backside looking from the offense, right? And not the like the TV uh camera. Juwan Jennings has beaten his man. Yeah. He's got the first down, and if it's an, if there's an action pass, yeah, he's in the end zone. If he puts it on him, that's a touchdown. Yeah, and Brandon Ayuk smokes Snead off the snap. So even if they had taken Snead, taken Jennings away, and he had time to scan back the other way, there's nobody back there. And I know Dan Orlovsky said that they took he took uh, three touchdowns off the board. I don't know what the third one was, but I know those were two, and those are two of the biggest plays of the game. Um, and so I don't know if he's going to be back in Kansas City next year, but we said this last week. If they build statues, if they start putting statues outside of Arrowhead, Chris Jones deserves a statue. He is he has earned it. He deserves a statue, and he needs one outside of Arrowhead when his career is not yeah. just a ring of honor guy, but he needs to have a statue outside with, with his likeness because of what he did. That defensive line, man. All right, let's, uh, let's, let's jump into it. I was just gonna say, man. I, I, I don't. I don't want to say Chris Jones is is replaceable like Tyreek Hill was. I mean, I don't think in the moment we thought Tyreek Hill was replaceable. But I'll say this much, man: that defensive line has some budding stars on it. The kid that got hurt on Minnesota. Yeah. I think the K State kid could turn into a good player. You know, you already got Mike Dana. You got the other guy that freaking manhandled Trent Williams on that tackle on McCaffrey. I've never seen anybody do Trent Williams like that in my entire life. Like, (laughs) I don't know if he just caught him off balance or what. (laughs) Listen, um, I watched Miles Garrett throw him like he was a sack of trash this year. (laughs) So, I mean, you know – it. But I mean, like to even talk about like Snead and 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 Trent, like and Trent, right? You get beat sometimes, right? And as great as Trent is, Trent Williams is, sometimes you just get beat. And he yep. got he got smashed in that rep against uh Pinnell. Um, so I wanna I wanna ask this question. Let's talk about overtime. First, let's let's go here. 
let's talk about well let me let me get this out the way because i got this so i talked about how much it stunk to to lose that super bowl and you had a super bowl party and you had people over and um you know i you invited me over it was leah's birthday happy belated birthday leah and I was like, well, you know, I don't think I'm going to come over. I got, you know, I had my little cousins come over. Um, their mom, they, she went to the game. So not to like in the stadium, but she was in Vegas for the game. So we had them at our house hanging out with us. Um, and we're watching the game. They finished the touchdown. And like the kids are going crazy. I am sitting in my chair fuming. I am hot. I am furious. They lost this game and they're running around. Yes, Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Red Kingdom, Red Kingdom. You know, and I and like I have to, you know, I'm I'm taking it all in. Mm-hmm. I'm being a good sport, and my wife is like, "Oh, go hug cousin Carlos. Go hug daddy. You know, his team lost. Let's show them some love." And so they're like, "Oh, cousin Carlos or dad," so they're hugging me, and I'm being gracious, right? Right. So I, I said all that to step this up. Just like pick one because body slam them right as a hug. Oh, thank you. At the moment this game ends, can you can hear that, right? Yeah. This is the reaction at the Ward Mansion. Right? <laughs> That's the reaction. And let me tell you something. Had I been there when everybody's losing their mind What's and going point? crazy. What's the movie? Uh, uh, is it half baked or is is it half baked or days to confuse? Oh my gosh! F you, F you, F you. You're cool. F you. Yeah, that might have been me. I, and I might have stood up, did that, and on my way out the door, would have hit you with this too. Yes, yes, yes. On my way out the door, because I just like like I just was not in the mood <laughs> to celebrate Chiefs Kingdom. Four oh. years ago, I was I was okay celebrating Chiefs Kingdom. Not this year. I was not in the mood to celebrate anything. Yeah, Trent came at halftime and brought his kids over. You know, and Trent has four kids, so they pulled up at halftime. And his kids are, I want to say, Abby might be thirteen. Around, she might be a teenager. Close. Um, and it is she's either she's either ten, she's either, probably like five or six. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, and there was a couple times where I I didn't even know I didn't even remember kids were there. Get on a damn ball! Like I'm just in the you know like and I'm always like yo man I gotta chill <laughs> chill for a second. Oh, uh, but I will say this: the Chiefs should thank me. Really, I don't know if they should thank me or not. But I, I hold on, hold on one second, Ward. Hold on one second. Now you gonna keep playing? I'm gonna put this camera on you. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, my ah, wife over here making crying, crying faces. Uh, yeah, okay. I love, I, love oh, the, yeah. Uh, I love the Facebook picture, man. That killed me. That she changed the Facebook <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Oh, yeah, yes. but so, you were so, saying the Chiefs should thank you. So the Chiefs should thank me, right, because, you know, I'm, a str- I'm strategic about what I do. Um, I do believe the Chiefs play better when they're down points, you know. I do believe they play de- better when they're down points. I have two Chiefs jerseys. That when I wear them, we lose. And then I have two Chiefs jerseys that when I wear them, we win. And mm-hmm. I started the game off with one of the loser jerseys. And at halftime, I changed to the winner jersey. So I come back downstairs with the winner jersey on. After halftime, we take the win. I'm excited. 
But um, we're talking about the overtime rules, though. So we're talking about the overtime rules. And so the question let, is. Yes. Let me ask you this. Do you think it was a big deal that the Niners didn't know? No. So I'll put it to you this way. And I say that now because of what Kyle Shanahan came out and said, which I don't know if he just said it because or if that's what, really what his way of thinking was. I think the Niners coaches knew. The, the rules, right? Um, yes, I And agree. I think some of the Niners football players knew the rules, right? I just think that you heard from some that didn't know the rules. Um, also, the rule change to most of football fans was, okay, cool. Now, if the first team scores a touchdown, the next team gets the ball and they can match the touchdown, right? For most football fans that pay attention to it, they know this as the rule that one – um, hindered the Chiefs from reaching the Super Bowl when Tom Brady won it his last year with the Patriots, or you know, correct, or one of his last years with the Patriots. Right. Yep. Because yep. Tom Brady got the ball, they come down, they score. Mahomes never gets a chance. Fast forward a couple years, same thing happens. Mahomes gets the ball, comes down, scores a touchdown. Josh Allen doesn't get a chance. Boom! Rule change in effect. Most football fans. Assume that was the rule change. That's all it was. But that rule change affects some other rules, you know, and affects some other ways you look at overtime. And so, you know, when I heard them explaining it and when I heard the, the referee, you know, doing the coin toss and him saying, this is a new game. And that's when I said, okay, it's a new game. Cool, because I was wondering, does the game clock are you against the game clock as well? And you're not. And that would be the one that I'd be okay with a lot of players being like, yeah, I didn't know that. Everybody should have known. Yo, they changed the rule. Touchdown, touch, you know, you get to match it. So um, I didn't think too much about it until Kyle Shanahan come out and says, listen, we took the ball first because we were going to score a touchdown. If Mahomes scored a touchdown, then we would have the ability to go third and end the game. Now, Patrick Mahomes came out and said, I don't know if Andy Reid wants me telling y'all this, but we were going for two. <laughs> he said, listen, that's just what it was going to be. <laughs> like, there wasn't going to be no third possession, you know? Um, but, yeah, so I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it affected. I mean, it affected how they played. Um, but um, I think it could have affected the Chiefs had they not known. I think it definitely could have affected the Chiefs and – I don't know. I'm just thinking about the timeout situation with the clock running down because a lot of people in my household were freaking out. Why? Why? You know? <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's the second quarter. It goes to the second quarter. They keep the ball. If the time runs out, it's not the. A lot of people are like, and you know, they were they were freaking out to the point to where it was starting to make me rethink my logic on it. And I'm like, no, this is not like. There's a reason why the Chiefs are not called. But <laughs> I can I can only imagine if if looking back on it, you know, the Chiefs would have. Uh, let that time run out to run the, the play at the, the second quarter or whatever. Uh, I can only imagine that tweets and some of the scares from some people would have, <laughs> would have really freaked out. Yo, so I'm doing this rhetorical exercise because I agree the players not knowing the rule didn't matter a lick. So I'm going to go through this rhetorical exercise with you to, so to spell it out for those who seem to somehow think that this is, that the Chiefs talking Stop about the overtime rule. The okay, keep going. 
to have the Chiefs knowing the overtime rules and being prepared for it while the Niners not knowing about it somehow makes up a lick of difference, okay? So, in football, the objective for the offense is what? To score points. Oh, it's rhetorical because the kicks are out. Not bad. Well, no, I mean, yeah, you can answer it, though. You can answer it, though. I want you to answer it. So the offense's objective is to what? Make touchdowns. And if they can't get a touchdown, then what? Make field goals. Okay. The defense's job is to do what? Prevent you from making touchdowns or field goals. Thank you. That objective is the same in the first quarter as it is in the fourth quarter, right? Correct. That objective is the same in overtime, correct? Correct. Okay, thank you. So for all of you, I want want to stop short of calling you a name. For all of you who believe that somehow the Chiefs talking about this overtime rule somehow made them more prepared or more ready for the moment than the Niners need to stop. You sound like an idiot. You sound stupid. The objective for Kyle Shanahan was to score a touchdown. Now, to Ward's point, right? If they do that and the Chiefs go down and they score a touchdown, they go for two, then that's just we see who wins at that point, right? But this idea that somehow this is a lesson in leadership, that this was a lesson in preparedness, as if the Chiefs had an entirely new set of plays yeah. ready. Like, like when they when the referee said new game, the Chiefs said, Up, oh, break the glass, new playbook. We are ready for this moment. We have practiced these plays just for this occasion. If you tell me that, then yes, I will then have some comment and some narrative about re- reflection on preparedness and leadership and, 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 and being ready for the moment and championship medal. But this was the same Chiefs team that the entire, not entire, the majority of the fan base was going bonkers over because they did not look prepared. They, did, they were not executing well. They were not playing at a championship level. Good for them. Kudos to them for being able to flip that switch and turn it on once the playoffs got here. Because all of those guys, at the McCole Hartmans, the MVSs, the tackles, all these people who have been ridiculed all season long played at a championship level. So golf yeah. clap, kudos <laughs> to them. But don't sit here and act as if somehow the Chiefs wanted it more or they were somehow the better team simply because they talked about the strategy regarding the overtime yeah. rules. No matter what strategy you talk, you still gotta you still have to come out and execute. That's that was my I felt like yesterday I was in the matrix listening to people just go on and on about how this is such a bad look for the Niners. And I'm like, why does it even matter? It does not matter. Not one single iota. So with that being said, let's talk about Kyle's decision now. His decision to go for on to take the ball first, in your estimation, bad decision, good decision, indifferent. Um, I'm kind of indifferent. Uh, you know, the Chiefs had just um, driven down and tied the games. You know, so your defense has just been on the field, right? Um, and so the Chiefs drove down pretty far to tie the game. You know what I mean? Like they, 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 I think they get down to like a, the ten yard line or something like that. It's, it's a, it's a twenty something yard field goal for Butker. You know, so they're moving the ball pretty well against your defense, um, and the Chiefs have been sending those blitzes. The, you know, I mean, they're they're blitzing Purdy all fourth quarter. 
So you run the risk of if you if you if you let the Chiefs get the ball first, you have a tired defense, right? You have a tired defense. No team. <laughs> you run the risk that if you have a tired defense, they march down there, they score, and then now you're having to deal with Brock Purdy, you know, you know, with, with this with these blitz packages that are coming all over the place, you know? Um, so I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. Um, however, on the flip side, man, I didn't think of it too much until they started talking about it was giving Patrick Mahomes four downs to get 10 yards is actually a, it's a, it's a, a mental, you know, it's like, bro, we got four downs. (laughs) We good. You know what I mean? All the way down the field, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, that is, a that is an interesting concept there. Um, you know, I think they obviously thought that they were going to go down there and score. I don't know if they knew they were going to get seven. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. It was interesting. I don't know why the uh, NFL doesn't just, um, go to the college, um, rules. I'm not saying 25 yard line, but I'm saying like, um, the game clock to me, I think we talked about it a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. the game clock to me is, is pointless outside of, um, once it hits zero, there's a, a maybe a little lengthier commercial break. Um, so you kind of get an extra timeout. I don't know if there, uh, I don't think there was a two minute warning. Was there? No. So, you know, essentially what would have happened was so. it probably would have went to the second quarter and I, and maybe there would have been a, I don't know if there would have been a two minute warning there, but the game clock essentially is pointless. Um, in, in a sense, other than that break, um, which I think you can kind of go in and and maybe make those changes, you know, somewhere somewhere else. But um, but yeah, I don't know why they don't they don't just you know kind of move towards that that college. So I would think you mean in terms of the clock, right? Not in yeah. not in terms of putting it on a twenty five. Okay, no, no, yeah. So yeah. I'll say this: I don't mind Kyle taking the ball. Um, I think you listen to people talk about it after the game. Um, I think it might have been Mina Kimes who said she talked to several different analytics. Uh, staffers across the league none of them had any real definitive answer either way some of them said you want the it's fine to take the ball some of them said you want the ball second a lot of people brought up the college rule of because of the college overtime right I think almost 100 percent of the teams defer if they win the always yeah you know but, they know what they but got to me get. the dynamic the dynamics of that are different because you're starting from your tw- from the opponent's 25 yeah. Yeah. right if you if you tell me that's the rule they're going to implement in the NFL then yeah, you always defer. But when you have to drive the length of the field to try to get a score, I'm not mad at you taking the ball. Um, my only critique of Kyle in that moment would be this. Once you cross the 50, you are now in four down territory, short of it being fourth and 10, fourth and 15, fourth and 20. If you are fourth and seven and in, to me, you have to go for it for this reason, because yes, it is Patrick Mahomes on the other side. You have to take that has to factor into your decision making. And because it doesn't really matter at if you kick a field goal, it is now sudden death. Like it become the moment you kick the field goal and you make it, it's sudden death. Because if they score a touchdown, the game yeah, is yeah, over. Yeah. You get a stop, the game is over. So once you cross midfield, you have to play it in that fashion. And I would not have been mad at him in the moment or after the fact had he decided to line up on fourth and four and say, Let's see what we can get. I personally would have probably gone gone the Dan Campbell route and ran it to see what we could get first. And if yeah. we got any headway, 
then yeah. we then we're yeah. aut- we're automatically going for it if we get any yard as long as we don't lose anything. Um, but you disagree. The third, the third and four call. I, I I I just disagree with it because man, um, I think we talked a little bit about it last year last week when we were talking about Dan Campbell. I'm just like, yo, a penalty, a fumbled man. This, how many how many low snaps were there? How many low snaps did Patrick Mahomes have to almost pick up off the ground? Right. One play like that on that final drive for Mahomes. Now, granted, like we said, it seems like that never happens when when it's the team of destiny or dynasty, whatever, right? Like, but like yeah. one play like that, and you're in such better position to just outright win that game by the field goal that you just got, you know? Um, so you're banking on either your guys making a stop or the most penalized to offensive tackle in the NFL getting a holding call, you know, or a snap, you know being you know or what is somebody missing an assignment so i'm i'm not mad at the field goal um i do however think that the call on third and four with christian mccaffrey essentially i mean i know he ran you know he probably only averaged close to four yards a carry um but it seemed like he was it seemed like he was you know was running pretty pretty well down the stretch um and and he's the he's your best player. He's the best player on the team. You know, he's the best player on the offense. I think. And it's like, hey, I'm 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 in the get the ball in his hands category. I think it went in it went in spurts. He would have a couple of good the first the first quarter. I think he was really killing it. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was three point six yards per carry. So you got to salute the Chiefs for being able to to shut down their running game. Um, I think Legarius Sneed had a quote of I, I believe. Um had a quote of, we wanted to make Brock Purdy throw. And I think what he is intimating there is that they wanted to try to get the Niners behind the chains so then they could try to put pressure on them. I think some people might read that and say, oh, there's he didn't beat those game manager allegations when you see a quote like that, Yeah. right? But I think what he was intimating there is that we want to shut down their running game so we can then try to put pressure on Brock and blitz him even though Brock was the best quarterback against the Blitz in the league this year, the the way that the the Chiefs disguised their looks, um, the way that they dis, this this excuse me, the way that they disguise their looks, it makes it really hard to decipher post snap. Shout out to JC. He said, "I feel like the Niners had plenty of chances to feed CMC after the fumble. I mean, he had twenty two carries, like I said. So yeah, yeah, they yeah. fed him. He was he did he cannot walk away from that game saying." He didn't get enough touches because he did. No, 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 no. And he and he, and he ended um, up in the end zone too. You know, like he does. Um, for sure, like for he sure. always does. So yeah, so I mean, I think that's 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 my. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of who KT is. I didn't even know he had an abbreviation, Boomer. Like I didn't even know we, we, were, <laughs> we were that cool with with him to like give him like I'm like KT. What? Hold on, who is KT? <laughs> Man. And shout out um, to Miko Hardman, man. Shout out to Mark Valdez Scantling, man. Shout out to those guys. Like, it, it, like I said, full circle. You're, you're criticized all year. We had shows where we asked, should these some of these guys be cut? Should they not be on this sure. anymore? You know, um, you know, you got you got Richie James in there. Um, you know, you got all of these guys that were like, these guys don't make teams anywhere else. And all they did was keep their head down, stick with it. And shout out to Rasheed Rice. Shout out to the fire that Rasheed Rice has yelling at his quarterback as he's wide open coming across the middle. You know, I just like the team, man. I like the team. I like. I do. I do think it's. Uh, I do think it's interesting um, that they talked about on the. I don't know. Was it on the? I don't know if I was, heard it on um, 
on sports talk or on the actual it's like when you see that this the arguments on the sidelines and the, the aggression and the passion and everything that's usually from a team that is falling apart that that that's not that's not the Kansas City Chiefs you know what i mean they they're they're able to you know still keep the, keep the continuity within them as they're allowing those you know that the the passion to get out uh, but had we lost, I would very much be interested in seeing what the outlook on that Kelsey and Andy Reid situation was. Because, wow. Yeah. So let me, a couple of closing thoughts I'll share. First of all, if you listen to this show over the last two years, I've been trying to tell you that the Chiefs were a dynasty. They did not need to win a third championship for me to, to see them as such. When you look at what they've done over the past six years, AFC title game after AFC title game, four Super Bowl appearances, the the ridiculous fact of playing all your games at home. Then when they said, oh, well, you can't do it without Tyreek. Well, you did it without Tyreek. Oh, well, now let's see you go on the road. Oh, he went on the road. Super Bowl in basically a road environment. There's the, not this only is that, a dynasty, like, bro, the, but I'm, I'm sure there has been, I'm not going to, I'm sure there's been more difficult runs, but I mean, there's not very many. Like he, he, so this isn't Florida Atlantic, Texas Tech, and then you know, uh, you know, somebody. It's like March Madness. Whenever, oh, I end up playing an 11 seed in the Final Four, now an eight seed. You know what I mean? Like, yo, they played the Dolphins. They went to you know uh, Buffalo. They went to the Ravens, and they beat the you know the best team all year, pretty much. Um, 49ers in the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. By DVOA standards, it is the toughest road a team has ever faced to win a championship. Because I think all. Three, all four of those teams were top 10 in DVOA at the time that they faced them. Yeah. So, so to continue, right? Like I said, this team is, this team is a, this team was a dynasty before the third Super Bowl. This is, it's the Chiefs and there's everybody else. Um, I said it last week. The Patriots stepped down off the throne. They handed the scepter to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and they now are, are sitting atop the NFL world. For And it's not going to be just beating them one year means we have a new the, – the title has been passed down. You're going to have to beat them year after year after year before you can say the dynasty is ended. It's number one. Number yep. two, let me say this about, about Brock Purdy. I've always felt that what Cam Newton said with the game manager thing was a backhanded compliment. I felt that way then. I feel even more strongly about it now. He has not played like a game manager. A game manager has always been an insult. It is all, let me repeat that. A game manager has always been an insult. It has never been something that people has used as a compliment. And we're not going to try to sit here and reclaim that and act as if now calling someone a game manager is something to be proud of, something that we should applaud. It's not. It has never been that. And when he came back and beat when Brock led the Niners back in those playoff games, he he moved the goalpost and said, well, he can't be a game changer because he's not the best player in his offense. That wasn't a part of his analysis the first time around. So don't 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 throw that game manager crap in my face because I'm going to step into your face and say, not today, Satan. They, Brock Purdy has played like a top 10 quarterback. We don't have game managers in the top 10 people. I'm sorry. The second he stops playing like a top 10 quarterback, I'll be the first one to point it out. Final point on Kyle Shanahan. I think it is utterly ridiculous that Kyle Shanahan is accused of losing three Super Bowls. When one of them, he was the offensive coordinator, and Dan Quinn has skated for years 
on this. He is never brought to task on this. It blows my mind. We have got to stop doing this. We cannot keep saying, well, Kyle Shanahan has blown three, three 10 point leads in Super Bowls. No, Dan Quinn blew a Super Name another offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator who's been blamed for a loss in the Super Bowl. Please, I'll wait. Please tell me. The Seattle Seahawks had the ball on the one yard line with a top five running back in the NFL and a timeout in their pocket to win a Super Bowl through a pass that was intercepted. And not a single soul I brought this fact up to can tell me the offensive coordinator's name. Not a single soul. If you want to talk about Luke being a, a scapegoat or being the reason someone lost, that is it. You might as well name Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson as co-OCs of that Super Bowl loss. Because I don't – it might have been Brock Schottenheimer. It, I, I don't know. But please stop saying Kyle Shanahan has lost three Super Bowls. He's lost two. Two and only two. Thank you. Thank you for attending my TED Talk. All right. We can – anything else you want to say about the Super Bowl? All I want to say is I think there's a really good chance this team can three-peat. I think there's a really good chance this team can three-peat. It's funny. Last year, we believed that the division got – well, no, two years ago. Oh, Russell Wilson's in in, in Denver. Uh, we've got, you know, Khalil Mack. I think he came over to the Chargers. You know, the Raiders pick up Devontae Adams. Oh, this, this division has gotten so much stronger and so much better. And the Chiefs ran through it winning the Super Bowl. Um, this year, I think we were pretty much the clear-cut favorite to win the division. Um but I still think there were rumblings of, you know, the the, the Herberts and the, this, that, and the third. Um, going into next year, uh, bringing Harbaugh into the to the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, Antonio Pierce taking over with the Raiders, and I would probably not be surprised if they traded to, to try to find a, a quarterback or moved up to try to pick somebody up. Um, and then I think Russell Wilson and, and, and Sean Payton have maybe kind of figured something out. Um, I don't know. Um, but anyway, um, I still think going into next year, the Chiefs are the clear-cut um, you know, um, team to win the division again. Um, and probably top two you know, um, out of the AFC to, to return to the Super Bowl. I think the Niners will be a, a favorite in the NFC as well. Um, and I think you could really three-peat. I think um, – I don't know. Willie Gay, I'm pretty sure is gone. Legarius Sneed and Chris Jones, I would not like to lose both of them. Um, but um, I don't know. I, I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can keep one of them or not. Um, but it's going to be some 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 new players, and and I'm hoping that just because we won a Super Bowl again without Tyreek and without Juju, please do not put us through another season. Of thinking that we can, I just don't. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Bring somebody in. So, I'll say this. All due respect to Jerry Sneed, you might want to bring back Chris Jones, man. If you got to, if you got to pick one. Well, yeah, Jerry Sneed was also one of the most penalized players in the NFL last year, too. I, I mean, again, we've. I'm not going to go back through the history. But there are so many plays where Chris Jones is saving the Chiefs bacon. I just don't know if you lose that guy, you're not. I mean, look, maybe Brett Veach hits, you know, 
finds lightning in a bottle. He finds an interior lineman who can be just as impactful as Chris in big moments. So I don't, I don't want to speak too far out of school. But if Chris Jones walks, preferably to San Francisco, if he walks, <laughs> <laughs> I think that that three-peat gets a lot, lot yeah, I think Chris Jones has assisted McDuffie and Sneed's stats much more than McDuffie and Sneed have assisted Chris Jones' stats. I don't think you're seeing a lot of pressure sacks, you know what I mean? Or a lot of, excuse me, coverage coverage sacks, you know, where Chris Jones just has the ability to run around and finally, and you're seeing a lot of plays where, thank God Chris Jones got there in two seconds because that could have been a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as the Niners, they got a lot to to do to clean up. I mean, Brand, I don't know if you saw, but Brandon Ayub's girlfriend has said they think she that they're not. She doesn't think they're coming His back. Brother His brother, yeah, got on Instagram. Ayub himself said, "Well, we'll see what happens." I think if they offer him a bag, he'll stay. Yeah. Kinlaw, I think they need Jawan Jennings back. Um, so yeah, I I don't know, man. I I we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, I the Chiefs should be in a good position to three peat because they got Patrick Mahomes, and as long as he's healthy. It doesn't matter if Chris Jones isn't isn't there. They'll still they'll always have a chance. Last thing on the NFL, JC said, what is your definition of a dynasty, though? Mine is going all the way multiple times. My defini- definition of a dynasty is sustained excellence over over a long period of time. Now, I, I grant it, we're, having, we're not talking about a 10-year stretch here. But again, almost. six years. <laughs> and they are one overtime and one bad half of quarterback away from six straight Super Bowl appearances, which would be freaking insane. That would that's unprecedented. It's never happened before. Right? So four appearances in five years, three titles in five years. And right now, I don't know who's going to beat them, guys. We thought everybody said this was Buffalo's year. Everybody said this when they beat Buffalo. When they then when they beat uh Baltimore, everybody said that was their year, that their year as well. I don't know who's going to do it. If not, if what if you didn't do it this year, they're not running back with that same wide receiver core. They can't. I mean, they can. Like, like K- they can, but they can't. <laughs> Listen, KT might as well stand for keep trucking because yeah. he's out of here. <laughs> he's not coming back. You know what I'm saying? They're going to tell MVS, see ya, McCall. Maybe I, I don't think so. And I think Scott Moore will be kept because he's on a rookie contract and yeah. it's just cheap labor. They might keep Justin so, Watson around for cheap labor too, but other than that. Special teams. He's going to be around for special teams, but everybody else, man, I think they're, they got, Yo, they get, they're getting a walk. Before we leave, man, shout out to Chris Conley, former chief. He actually played a, a pretty good game too, man. He was a dog on special teams. He, he did his thing on – had a catch. Yeah, yeah. Yo, shout, out to, shout out to Chris Conley. He definitely won the Chris Conley or Richie James. Um, uh, who was going to be the former other team's player that, that played better? So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm taking Chris Conley. For sure. So last thing, man, as we close up shop, Cody wrapped up about 30 minutes ago. Um, if you haven't seen it, Big K is your champion of the year for 2023. New Jersey twerk finished second. Shout out to Chef Trez. Had an amazing year. He finished third. You yourself finished 10. I know you were watching the proceedings before the show started, so I'll give you the floor to kind of talk about how you feel about your year, where you ranked, and uh, the overall, I guess, top three, if you will. 
Yeah, um, I've said it a couple times on different podcasts. You know, champion of the year is an unsolvable math qu- uh, problem. It really is. Um, there's not a real answer to champion of the year. It's uh, a bunch of people looking at um, a bunch of different resumes on different leagues from different types of battlers and judging seven or eight different subjective categories, um, trying to remove emotion and trying to remove bias. Um and then comparing them side by side. And it's really just, um, it, there's no, there's no real science to it. There's no real, you know, um, um, you know, this is what it is type thing. So um, uh, lately in my last couple of years, I've been able to kind of look at it from that standpoint because it really kind of drove me a little bit crazy there the first few years, you know, really took a lot of things personal. Um, you know, I, I'm pleased with uh, every year with the work that Jay Black puts in, um man like it just it, he could just be like nah I'm cool and just be Jay Black you know what I mean I don't I don't, you know it's like he does this for us for the culture you know um he, he and he and he, he every year it seems like he's implementing new changes and new hey now we have this champion gold thing we have these guys that I know I trust and, and I walk through the whole year with that I know watch battles and study battles and different things like that I think that's really cool um it was good to see um, that the panel, you know, had kind of been shrunk down. Um, you know, it was good to see a couple of people not on the panel. And it was good to see a battle rapper on the panel this year, you know, with Chilla Jones stepping in and giving his insight from a battle rapper standpoint. Um, you know, I thought that um, my own personal, um, you know, um, opinion, I thought that, you know, Big K and New Jersey Twerk um, both had, you know, um, a good case to win champion of the year and they both ended up in the top two. So, you know, when I say it's an unsolvable math problem, you know, they, they, they got the two guys up at the top, you know, that I, that I thought, you know, deserved to be up at the top, you know, and then with my own personal placement, I tweeted it out. I thought I should have been anywhere, um, from five to seven, uh, I mean, I would have been fine, you know, with seven. So for them to be kind of three, three spots behind at 10, I'm not completely irate, you know, like the one year that I was started at seven and then got shoved back to 20. Um, you know, like I'm not, I'm not irate. I, I do look at at least two guys that in front of me, I look at their resume and what they did this year. And I just say, how, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like how I, <laughs> you know, it, it's kind of wild to me. So um, I would have put myself above ill will, real sick and easy to block captain. Um, so I would have had myself at seven and then had probably, um, easy, um, ill will and real sick to round out the top 10. Um, but yeah, um, you know, and then you, then you, you know, you got Tay Rock, Geechee, Chef Trez, Big K and uh, Twerk or Twerk. I don't remember exactly what the order was, but those guys I think were, were a solid top five, you know? Um, but yeah, uh, a shout out to, um, Smo, is that his name? I, just J Mo, Smo. J Smo. J Smo. Uh, Tito. Tito is the Chilla. So I believe, from what the, I understand, Tito is the the number one donator, right? So whoever donates the most money to the pot gets a spot on the panel. I so I didn't catch the whole thing, right? Like I was kind of busy with work, so I didn't. They started doing my work day, so I don't know if that was the case. I yeah. would assume that he still he still does that. That J Black still does that, but Tito is also a part. Of the champion go, he's in the executive suite. Okay, cool, um, cool, cool. He's in the in the spaces all the time, talking about battles. He's out. He's going to events, so on and so forth. So he's you and that's know, the one thing I just like, man. When these guys say, "Oh, but he lost too, or he did this, or he did that," it, it makes it a little easier for me to hear that when I know the guys 
are trying to be in a building that are watching all the battles that are, you know, highly sure. invested in that kind of stuff, you know, because For then sure. I can at least say, look, at least, you know, your shit. No, you know, excuse my French, but at least, you know, your stuff, you know, like some people that just want to just jump out the window and, you know, whatever. That's when you're just like, are you kidding me? But yeah, so shout out to them. And Mark was on this panel again this year. Um, and, and yeah, and, and like I said, every year it just seems to be getting a little bit better. I love seeing the champion magazines in the backdrop. I love, you know, the graphics and stuff popping up. I was able to win um, moment of the year, you know, uh, which was really dope. Um, and uh, and yeah, yeah, I thought Chilla did a great job as well. Um, I, I disagree with a handful of things Chilla said too. So if I, I promise you, don't think that <laughs> us battle rappers believe that you know battle rappers know everything more because Chilla, you know, Chilla was kind of in there, had me looking like. You didn't say that to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, mean, I, I, I talked to you the day of the battle. I mean, I, Frack didn't win that battle clearly back then. What you mean? You know what I mean? So there was a couple instances, you know. But shout out to my guy, Chilla. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know if they still have the donation link up, but, you know, please go donate. You know, um, Big K is, is very deserving. Um, and like I said, and in, in, in I, I mentioned it on Twitter, you know, Big K, Rum Nitty, and Gucci Gotti, um, you know, all have won champion of the year, the year they battled me. So, um, and real sick, you know, he went from, you know, not mentioned at all to, to top 10 just off battling me. So uh, if you want the world to pay attention to what you're doing in battle rap, get a league to send me a deposit because I'm, I'm not declining it. So real quick, I want so I want to on the chilla thing. Do you think that battle rappers sometimes may sugarcoat their responses to their friends in the moment as like a little bit of an ego boost? Yes. However, I also think too that there's an element of not appearing very biased while you're on the panel. You know what I mean? Everybody knows that me and Chilla, like, we're close. We're a Drosy gang. We just put a whole song out. You know what I mean? Like that. So um, you also don't want to, you know, for, uh, people give France a hard time because he's so A-word biased. You know what I mean? And I think there's a, le- there's a level of I'm not even going to I'm not even going to try to talk about this because I don't want to come across as that's my that's my guy. You know what I mean? And then there is a yeah, bro, I had you winning or I, it was a lot closer and, but there's also a way that we think as battlers, right? Especially like a guy named Chilla and myself, where we think like of written written material and different things, and we we hold that in a higher regard. But the general consensus of the world might not think that. You know, I think back to when I battled DNA. You know, um, and and the a general consensus would have DNA beating me at Blackout. And however, when I talk to a lot of battle rappers, they're like, I ain't gonna lie, I had you winning it. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, you know, it, without having to explain the context of all of that kind of stuff, you know, I think, you know, him being like, yeah, OK, he lost a frack. He lost to this. He lost to that or whatever. It's easier to kind of say without saying, you know, yeah, to be honest with you, I, you know. So, OK, so last thing and this is the final thing. So I just saw a tweet. Shout out to the Dungeon Game, a group chat, battle rap group chat that we are in. Tay Rock said that this is his last year. Do you would you do you think that to, to be true? Do you think this is his this is going to be his last year battle? No, it's nobody's last year battling ever. I'm pretty sure Emerson Kennedy just did a whole battle rap 
farewell tour, and he's all battling this year. You know, like, get get out of here. I'm pretty sure Marv's been telling me he's been retiring for three years, and he's definitely going to end up battling. You know what I mean? It's just it's nobody ever nobody ever retires from battle rap. You know who retired from battle rap the best? The best. Who's that? Hunter Bullets. Hunter Bullets retired from battle rap. He didn't battle. He battled real deal when I battled um, fr- franchise, right? Um, after that, I don't think he battled for maybe a couple years. Then he did a battle against prehistoric, maybe in 2019. And then he just bounced. He bounced for five years. He didn't say nothing. He didn't make an announcement. He didn't come out and say, this a whatever. You know, and I mind you, he might be. But he just bounced. And then, you know, he, he, he does a comeback battle against me, you know. But, like, for, it was quiet for 100 Bullets. Five years, you know. He could have been getting some any kind of small plates around anywhere. You know, he could have been getting, you know, some King of the Dot looks and stuff like that. But he just bounced. People that, people that say this is my last year. They're just saying it because they want you to say, no, but or they're trying to send a message to something to say, I feel disrespected or book me now or whatever, you know? Um, So, no, I don't believe this is Tay Rock's last year. Listen, Tay Rock is still one of the best battlers in the world. He's still competing at a high level and he's still getting paid very, very well. Who's 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 doing that? Who's doing that? Barry Sanders. That's the only one. Barry Sanders is doing that. He's retiring. Calvin Johnson. He's retiring in the middle of, you know, but not Tay Rock. And Jonah. And Jonah. But I, I think Jonah had some physical ailments as well, from what I gathered. Okay. Or I'll, I'll go Joe. Joe didn't reach the quite the same heights. Yeah. But Joe retired. Joe never started. Well, you know. <laughs> Joe's like the kid that I mean, quit, he had. Like, Joe's like when you go get a job and you're in training for like two months. And then you get out and then you work like a couple of shifts and then you quit. Like that's that's what Joe did. Like he he, he was in training for a little while and then boom. <laughs> All right. Glue well, Easy might have really retired. Be... Glue Easy really might have retired, honestly. No. Well, that's not true. I was going to say, you know, who really retired is R Streets. But I think R Streets, he might have finally got the T-Top battle. I had to go I had to go look it up and see if it's on YouTube. But after the whole incident with T-Top and not having a third round at home, he literally disappeared for like four years. Um, and then, like, he popped up and battled on some league in Carolina. And like I said, I think he might have finally got the T-top battle. So we can, we can play this who really retired game for a little bit. But, yeah. By the way, Emerson Kennedy, man, I was emotionally invested in, in your retirement. Like, the, the tra- like, you had the ability to put together all of this dope footage. Yeah, man, um, this is, you know, what it would be like if I, if I get six battles against some of the best battle rappers in the world. This is my story. I mean, he's got the dramatic music. And I'm like, I'm here. And he just battled like this year, right? He battled. Who did he who did he who did he battle on King of the Dot with the with or is it the standing on business bar? The Godzilla, I really stand on business. Who was that against? I don't know. I know he was that King Pepe. of the Dot? Pepe was last year. Um he had a bar by somebody standing on business. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't think it was that. twerk. I don't know. But either. either way, that was after you should have retired, EK. Like, I'm, anyway. All right, man. That's our time, man. Thank you for tuning in to It's a Black and White Thing. Remember, you can check out every episode of It's a Black and White Thing by going to the podcast app of your choice, choosing It's a Black and White Thing, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, you can also search Brands and Bars to find uh, the show. 
You can find us on YouTube every Tuesday-ish um, by going to It's a Black and White Thing on YouTube. Rate, review, subscribe, comment, share, whether it be the podcast or the audio visual form of this so we can spread the word. Um, you can follow us on social media by going to at Brains and Bars on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And until next time, it's been a black and nobody mentioned Taylor Swift in an hour and 15 minutes. White things. <laughs> Speaking of white. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Now you, you threw me off. I was about to say something else. But I don't remember. All right, man. I'll let y'all next week. Y'all be easy. <laughs>